You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. worship for a long time because it is a beautiful place and I want to encourage you church that today's going to look a little bit different because we have the privilege of speaking about the Holy Spirit who is the third person of the Trinity he's divine and he's equal to God and so I'm going to encourage you grab a seat but I'm going to give you permission today to actually not pull out a notebook Don't pull out your phones. I promise you that the Scriptures will be up on the screen. Because I kind of liken it to having a conversation with a friend. When you're having a conversation with a friend, you don't actually take notes. When you're trying to get to know someone as a person, you're there with your undivided attention. You're listening to him as he or her as they are revealing parts of themselves to you. And that's what I feel that the Holy Spirit wants us to do today. Just going to give Him some undivided attention because today is about encountering the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's going to be a powerful day. So you ready, church? I feel like I am cleansed. My son drenched me in juice today from communion. It has luckily dried a little bit, but um, cleansed with the blood of Jesus. So it's going to be a powerful morning, hey? Let me find my notes in here. Hey, I'm really excited about this series and um, I know you are on the edge of your seat because this is a Christmas trilogy that's been two years in the making, right? Did you know that? No, they're all staring at you with blank faces. So let me fill you in. You know, recently I became an Avengers fan. Um, you, that's probably not a surprise because from my Kanye confession, I have no idea what's happening in the music world. And now you know, I literally have no idea what happens in the movie world either. I think that's called Four Children, No Grandparents. So um, I got to go on a trip and got to watch movies because my children weren't with me and I discovered the Avengers series. So now I'm watching them. But here's the great thing about really being behind in the movies. You don't have to wait six months or a year for the next instalment to come. You get to watch them in order. You can just watch them one after another. You don't forget what happened in the last one and have to re-watch it before the next one comes. Well, we have actually been in a series as a church looking as we lead into Christmas at the incredible persons of our God that we serve. So two years ago, we did God the Father. And last year, we did Jesus the Son. And so this year, a year you've been waiting for it, is the climax of our series. And it's the person of the Holy Spirit. And I am particularly excited about this because what we're gonna discover is that Him as a person kind of brings this all in together. Right, He is relationship, He is love, He is the very person that enables us to have relationship with Jesus, who enables us to have relationship with God. And if there's anything that I love to preach about more than anything else, it would be relationship. It is my thing. I love it. And so what a privilege today to be able to speak about relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, we find the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. He was right there in Genesis, in creation. Do you remember the beginning? It says that He was there. He was like hovering over the waters. He is the life 
of God, when God breathes, breathes the Holy Spirit and He goes and He creates things. Do you remember our series on Judges? And we looked at these unlikely heroes like Gideon and Samson and Deborah and everything about them was not going for them. But then they would have this empowering of the Holy Spirit and they did these incredible feats to rescue Israel from disaster. So he's there throughout the Old Testament. And then when we get to the New Testament, he is just in abundance. He is there at the authentication of Jesus. Like he goes, this is my son, God. The Holy Spirit comes and rests on him and commissions Jesus into the work that he has to do. And did you know that it is the Holy Spirit working through Jesus that enabled him to do what he saw his father doing? And I just think we could stop right there because if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, if Jesus was in relationship with the Holy Spirit, then how much more do we need that in our own life? You know, and he's there in the sonship, you know, we come in to relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. It says that nobody can enter the kingdom without being born of the Spirit. Like He is this central point of salvation. The church, the very place that we are a part of, the people that we belong to, it was birthed through the Spirit. At Pentecost, when the Spirit came, it birthed this new community and they went out and they preached the gospel and more were added to their numbers. So this very community that we're a part of is birthed by the Spirit. And I love that we're going to look at at aspects of the Spirit as we go on through this series. But what's really exciting is that what we're grounding ourselves in today is the person of the Spirit. And what today is all about is inviting us to encounter Him. Because all these other things flow out of who He is. And all these other things flow out of our lives when we know Him as our personal relationship with the Spirit of the living God. So who wants to come on that journey today? Anybody? Hope so. Hey, we're going to read from John 14, 16 to 17 today. I am reading from Pastor Nate's favourite version. Because I just believe it's got such a beautiful description of the Holy Spirit. And we are, you know, this whole scripture has a context of relationship. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Um, He's speaking to them and they're feeling pretty anxious. You know, the kingdom hasn't worked out like they thought it was going to. They, uh, they expected this Messiah to come and to usher in and, and to set them free and, and to bring about this whole new reign of God. But now they're kind of sitting there and Jesus is starting to tell them that he's actually going to die. He's going to go away. And they're feeling quite dejected and, and anxious because Jesus is their whole world. He was the person that they waited for. He's the Messiah and they don't quite know what to do with Jesus going away from them. And so this is the context that Jesus is speaking to his friends and he's saying to them, do not worry that I'm going to go away because I'm sending you another friend and he's going to be with you forever. And he's just another me. It's just in a different person. So let's read the scripture. So it's John 14, 16 to 17. And it says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later 
sorry, he lives with you now, and later he will be in you. This is an astonishing scripture from Jesus. You know, and I wonder if you can remember what your first experience of the Holy Spirit was like. Because when you experience the Holy Spirit, it's really like nothing else that you can describe. And I can remember my first experience of the Holy Spirit was at a youth camp. And we used to go on this youth camp, um, you know, I was 13, 14, 15, 16, and it was an amazingly fun camp. It was a whole week. I came from quite a traditional church background. And so we'd go away on this camp and we did a lot of fun things like abseiling, you know, we were hiking, we were going to the beach, we were swimming, we were playing pranks. We used to prank all the time. Um, it was a lot, a lot of fun. And, but the thing was, the thing that we all looked forward to, and I find this amazing because remember, we're only like 13, 14, 15, so you'd think all of the fun activities would be like the marker of camp. But the thing that we always looked forward to was the final night of camp, which was called Encounter Night. And it was what I know now. I look back and I go, it was this time where we encountered the Spirit of God. And it'd be this time that, and it was something that was really new to me because I hadn't really experienced this in church. And, and I couldn't even really describe it, but it was this tangible encounter with this something or someone that was beyond myself and I felt peace and I felt power and I felt emotional and I just felt like there was something beyond religion when we would go to those nights and it was the thing that we most looked forward to about camp. You know, and I didn't realise at the time that, um, yeah, it was the Holy Spirit and that I was being invited to something more. But I tell you what, it is a tangible experience that held me throughout my entire university days when I didn't really walk with God. There was always this experience of God that kind of went, there is something real out there. You just have to discover what it is, right? And then I remember encountering the Holy Spirit here in Freedom Series, and I never, I never knew that you could live life free. I didn't know about his work in your life and that you didn't have to carry all of this baggage. And, and you know, I just felt like there was the person of God getting to the very depths of my soul. And, and it was an amazing experience. And, and I can list off many, many, many other moments to you. Yet when I look back now, I realise that Every moment that I experienced the Holy Spirit was actually an invitation. It was an invitation to something far greater. But at the time, I didn't actually see it. And you know, we often talk about the astonishing gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is an astonishing gift. And we often talk that we need to receive it. And sometimes you may have even heard of pictures of it's like being given to you like a gift. And you can choose whether you unwrap it or not, or whether you leave it there and don't unwrap it. And whilst I think that there's a lot of merit in that, and it is beautiful to think of the Holy Spirit as a gift, unfortunately, what it can actually do is kind of turn him into an object, or maybe turn him into a toolkit, you know, do you ever get the idea that, well, I've got to unwrap some spiritual gifts and then I might unwrap some power and I might unwrap some peace and they're awesome and I put them in my backpack here and then I walk along in life and a situation happens and I pull out power and I zap that thing and breakthrough happens. Then I pop the power back in my backpack and I keep on walking and then I get a really uh, hard situation and I need some peace. So I pull out some peace and I 
experienced that and yep, that's great, put it back in my backpack, keep on walking. And sometimes I think we actually think of the Holy Spirit a bit like that. He becomes like this, I don't know, add-on, power surge. I remember going to Time Zone with Grace and, you know, we're playing this car game. You're driving down the road and you can pick up stuff. I'm really bad at it. But I did pick up a few things. You know, you can drive over a backpack or you can drive over a coin and it puts some kind of power surge in you and then you can throw it out at a later date. And as I was thinking about the Holy Spirit, I really do think sometimes we look at him like that. He's like this toolkit God gave us that we just pull out when we need some special tool to get us through life. You know, I want to propose to you today that the Bible doesn't speak of the Holy Spirit like a toolkit. It doesn't actually speak of him like an it. It speaks of the Holy Spirit as a him. You know, and when you get the gift of the Holy Spirit, do you know what the gift is? You are actually unwrapping a relationship. The gift is relationship. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the person of the Spirit and that you get to step in to relationship with Him. How amazing is that? How much does that just change our perspective of the Holy Spirit and seeing Him as a person? You know, before I got married to Simon, we were, you know, you'd often get told about this gift of marriage, this amazing gift of marriage. And I I was kind of thinking it's a bit the same thing. What is the gift of marriage? Like, is it actually the wedding day? Well, that's great. You have a lot of fun, amazing day, time with your friends, great food. But that's not actually the gift of marriage that they were talking about. Is it like the wedding certificate, you know, that you get in the mail? Like the institution, the fact that I am now legally married? Most of us don't even look at that thing again unless you're a female and you need to change your name and then you need it every time you want to go get a passport or something to prove that you did change your name. But apart from that, that certificate goes in a drawer somewhere and you don't often look at it again. So that's not the gift of marriage. And then I was thinking, maybe you're lucky enough to marry a spouse who already had a house. That's a bonus. So, you know, you earn a house in the marriage or maybe it's just about sharing bills. Maybe that's the gift of marriage that you don't have to pay for everything on your own. Maybe you marry someone who's richer and your whole life changes. You know, they're they're all great bonuses. But here's the thing, 50% of our marriages end in divorce and they all have those things still in their marriage. So it's not actually, the gift isn't found in the stuff that comes with marriage. For those of us who are married and in an incredible uh, relationship with our husbands or our wives, we know that the gift of marriage is actually in the relationship. It's the fact that you find someone to do life with, that you have companionship, that you have this mutual love and affection for one another. It's the growing together. It's the care that you experience from one another. It's the fact that they know all the not so amazing bits about you and they still love you. That's what the gift is. The gift is actually in the relationship that you have with that person. And what I love about the Holy Spirit is that that is what He is offering to us. He's offering us an encounter with Him so that we can be filled with Him, so that we can actually live with Him. Live with Him in such a deep relationship. Let's look at this scripture. 
He said, Jesus says, I will give you another advocate who will be with you always. But you know him because he's with you and later he will be in you. I love how Jesus describes him here as another advocate. Do you know that in 1 John 2.1, Jesus is described by the same term. So Jesus was also this advocate. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples here is, God gave me to you for a purpose and a time. And remember, the, the benefit, what the disciples were finding in Jesus was also relationship. But God gave me to you. But now I'm going away and I'm sending you another me. It's the same nature as Jesus, the same divinity, the same purpose. You know, I hear Christians say, if only I could walk, if only Jesus was here and I could walk with Jesus beside me, life would look so different. That's actually not a true statement because you have the Holy Spirit within you who brings all the wisdom of Jesus, all the authority of Jesus, all of the love of Jesus, everything that you need in Jesus is brought to your life through the Holy Spirit. Your relationship with Him is what makes it possible to be in relationship with Jesus. You know, and the promise that Jesus is speaking about here is right in the middle of this beautiful explanation of the Trinity of God. And that's what I love that we've been discovering over these past three years is really looking into this Trinity of God. And it's, you know, it's kind of one of those complex and things that we can't understand yet such a beautiful simplicity of God that He is one God, but three persons. And can I encourage you, if you explore what this means, you're going to get a depth of understanding of our God that you can't get if you don't explore into what this Trinity is. And Jesus is saying, you know, if you read up earlier before we get to our Scriptures today, Philip is asking Jesus, Jesus, just show us the Father. Just show us God and we'll be okay. And Jesus says to Philip, He says, Philip, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Jesus and the Father are one. They're one God, just two different persons. And then he's showing us in our scripture that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one because the Holy Spirit is another Jesus. So we're seeing this beautiful Trinitarian relationship. And if you've ever asked, why a Trinity? Because sometimes I actually have. Why a Trinity God? That kind of gets a bit confusing that we have to explain that we don't worship three gods, we only worship one God, but He's got three persons. And how can God be a person? And I tell you what, it is one of the most beautiful things when you do actually ask into it because God doesn't, God never um, is something or never describes Himself as something that He isn't Himself. And in the beauty of the Trinity, He is showing this divine relational nature that He has. He is showing this mutual love and affection that exists between the three persons, between God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we get to look at and see what it is that God always had an intention for us from the beginning. Because this beautiful relationship that exists in God, in Him between the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, that beautiful relationship is actually not a closed circle. 
I don't even know how we begin to comprehend that. But in verse 20, Jesus says, On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. We are actually invited in to the relationship of the Trinity, the relationship that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit experiences. You as a son and as a daughter of God are actually invited in to the depth of that relationship. That's what the purpose of of Christianity and outwalking this life is. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to you. He comes to you to transform you so that you can experience more of the life and the love that we have in Jesus. You know, Romans 8, 15 to 17 says, You have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as your own children, and now you can call Him Abba Father. That was an intimate term that Jesus used of the Father that blew all conceptions of God out of the water. Because God up to this point was this untouchable, completely holy God that the Hebrews, they wouldn't even say His name out of reverence for God. And that is a beautiful thing and He is worthy of our reverence. But the amazingness of Jesus And what the Holy Spirit does for us as we come into relationship with Jesus through Him is that we actually get invited to be a son and a daughter of God, which means that we are invited into the same relationship that Jesus has with the Father. That is what the person of the Holy Spirit invites us into. And that's how the Holy Spirit changes us. Because when we step into this relationship, when we go, you know what, I don't want anything else other than to know you more, Holy Spirit, our entire life changes. We look different in the most amazing way because God is life. That's where you'll find joy in your life. That's where you'll find true life. That's where you find goodness and peace and kindness and incredible love is actually by stepping into the relationship that God has for you and being invited to dwell in that place. You know, verse 17 says, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognise him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Church, the distinguishing mark of us as Christians is the Holy Spirit. Oh, look at the disciples. Look at the disciples before Pentecost when they received the Holy Spirit. I mean, after Pentecost, sorry. Look at them before and after that. They walked with Jesus for three years. Yet what we see in the disciples is even though they were with Jesus, they were questioning They were not understanding. There were times when we saw the power of God operating through their lives. But after Jesus had died, He finds them in the upper room and they are disillusioned and they are disempowered and they don't know what's going on. And Jesus comes to them in that upper room and He actually breathes the Holy Spirit on them, it says. And that's kind of, it's like how God breathed life into man way back at creation. Jesus breathes this life into them, but then he says to them, wait, wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And the disciples in obedience wait until Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes like power from on high in a fullness that they've never experienced before. And He dwells within them. And we see a radically different picture of the disciples. They are out there boldly proclaiming the name of Jesus. They are, you know, thrown into jail, but still praising Him. They are preaching. They are seeing signs and wonders. They are full of His Spirit. They have new perspective. They have new purpose. They have a completely new life. And that is the beautiful promise and invitation that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. God was in them. And that's what made the complete difference for them. And you know, when we look at this word that's used in the Scripture to describe the Holy Spirit, it's described as an advocate, or in your version, you might find comforter, or you might find counsellor. But I didn't go there first, because unless you see these things as coming out of relationship with the Holy Spirit, we see them as kind of human characteristics, or we see them as objects, or we see them as this toolkit. And instead, the invitation is to see them as an invitation into relationship. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is our helper? And He does this so that to help us to know God. Because when we know God, we step out in bold faith. Okay, it's our relationship with God through the Holy Spirit that enables us to believe for breakthroughs, that enables us to pray for miracles, that enables us to operate in a faith beyond ourselves. It's not some abstract Word of God or some promise. It's actually when we know God that we have the boldness to step out in those areas. You can know lots of things from the Word of God. You can recite verses that talk about having a bold faith in God. You can recite things that also talk about having the strength of God. You know, you can recite many, many verses in here, but it's not until you know the person who gave these promises that you will actually operate in that, that you will actually step out in that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He pulls us into this relationship. Do you know when it says that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth? Again, He's not giving you a manual. He's actually guiding you into a deeper relationship with Jesus because Jesus is truth. So by knowing the Holy Spirit, He takes you, He guides you into relationship and you hear truth from Jesus and that's actually what transforms your life. You know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit as our comforter, In that moment when you need comfort, He actually pulls you into relationship and shows you the love of God that comes directly from the heart of the Father Himself. It's not empty words on a page, but it is a tangible experience of a love that is beyond your comprehension. And that love just totally envelopes your life. And that's what brings comfort into our lives. He's our advocate He stands before God and He defends us against the accusations of Satan. And then He gives us the strength that we can stand firm on the truth of who we are in Christ. I love that everything about the Holy Spirit is about His person and it comes from relationship with Him. You know, Bill Johnson said, approaching the Bible without the Holy Spirit is like approaching it as a roadmap. What you actually have 
is a personal tour guide. If we're in a place that we don't know where we're going, would you prefer to have a roadmap or would you prefer to have a personal tour guide who knows exactly where to go and who knows exactly what to do and who knows where the best spots are, who knows where you're going to find life and you're going to have the most amazing experiences and you're going to find joy and you're going to find incredible relationships. That's what we have in the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in Him. The gift of the Holy Spirit is actually relationship. You know that we are invited in and it's a profound gift that you don't want to miss. So if we know that this gift is before us, then what's our response to it? I want to tell you a story about my daughter Esther. So Joshy had his mother's son, Josh had a birthday in August and my eldest daughter Grace decided that she would make him a present. And she's pretty amazing, my eldest daughter. Well, they all are, but... She took like scraps of fabric and felt and glue and I don't know how she did it, but she made him a Batman costume, cape, hat, like, and it was pretty amazing, like it looked pretty good. And so anyway, Esther saw her doing this and she also wanted to make a present for Josh. And so she decided that Josh loves dinosaurs and Josh loves the bigger the better. So she got all these pieces of paper and made them into a shape of a dinosaur and stuck them together and coloured them. And so we had this dinosaur that seriously took the entire floor of our lounge room. That's how big it was with paper. And Esther was so excited to give Josh her gift. And so Josh wakes up in the morning and Grace meets him in his room and he opens up the Batman costume from Grace and he is beside himself. Like he's got this costume on, he's loving it. He is so excited. And you can see little Esther and she's like, can't wait to give him her present. And they come down to the lounge room and Esther's like, Josh, here's your present. And I don't even think Josh hardly gave it a glimpse. Like he just looks and then just walks away. There's no response. And she was crushed. Like I mean crushed. We have all these photos of Josh that morning before school and in every one of them, Esther is bawling her eyes out. And she was still crying when she came home from school and she still was talking about it weeks after. It was a sore point. You couldn't mention the gift that Esther had made for her brother. Do you know how we respond to a gift is really important? And that's just a human example, but do you know, we've got this incredible gift of relationship and sometimes I think we're a bit like Josh. We kind of just go, yep, awesome. I'm just going to keep going with life because I've got all these things out here to do. And God is just there going, hey, I have got the most amazing gift that you could ever experience. You just have to pursue me. Pursuing God is our response. You know, Billy Graham is quoted as saying, 95% of today's church activities would continue if the Holy Spirit were removed from us. In the early church, 95% of her activities would have stopped if the Holy Spirit were removed. I tell you what, I read that and something in my heart just went, Phew. personal conviction. Yes, we can look at the church, but I wonder in our own lives, if the Holy Spirit were removed from us today, what would our life look like? Would it look like 95% of our life just disappeared? 
Would we be completely lost without the Holy Spirit? Would the most significant relationship in our life just have been taken away? Like if you took Simon out of my life tomorrow, I would notice big time. If you took some of my children out of my life, I would notice there would be a whole big gaping space in my world because significant relationships had just been taken. And I've got to ask myself, I'm preaching to myself here, if the Holy Spirit was taken from me today, would I notice? And would the world notice? Because that actually is what they should notice. Our lives should be so entwined with the relationship of the Holy Spirit that we don't actually know ourselves outside of Him. You know, we pursue the Holy Spirit by choosing to receive Him when we follow Jesus. And then we pursue the Holy Spirit by stepping into a baptism of Him. The Bible speaks of a baptism of the Holy Spirit, a powerful encounter with Him when He comes and He indwells your life powerfully. But then it doesn't stop there. A pursuit of the Holy Spirit is about every day engaging with Him, asking Him the questions, getting to know Him, allowing His interruptions into our world. You know, when you've got unhealthy thoughts flying around in your head and He's trying to guide you back into truth, do you welcome that? Do you go, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm so glad that I'm not going to dwell in misery on this, but you're actually going to call me up to something greater. You know, I wonder when we're in anxiety and He's trying to bring peace, He's trying to show us the way to peace. Do we choose to pursue Him in that, even though everything else doesn't seem to change? Or if we're out there pursuing the ways of the world and we're just busy getting on with life and He says, hey, I want you to prioritise me. I want to meet with you every morning. I want to meet with you every night. I want to speak into your world every day. I want you to be a part of this community of believers. I want that to be the mark of your life. Do we respond to that? I want to invite you today. I wanted to give space today that we would encounter the Holy Spirit. We can't talk about being invited into a relationship with Him and then not have a time where we actually encounter Him. And I want to really encourage you, don't get caught up in the characteristics of what an encounter with the Holy Spirit looks like. When you respond to the Holy Spirit, you're just responding to encounter His person. Can I share a story with you? Of I went to a conference, I don't know, a few years ago. And as the preacher was talking, the Holy Spirit came upon me so powerfully that I no longer saw the preacher talking, but I saw Jesus. I saw His eyes and His eyes looked deep into my soul. And the amazing thing was that all I saw was love. I knew what was in my soul, but all I saw from the eyes of Jesus was love. It was a love like no other. And I just fell before Him and it was like I was just baptised in waves of love. And I was invited to pursue that love. That happened because I responded to Him. I was hungry for Him. I needed something more in my life. And that is the invitation for all of us today, that we would come forward and that we would encounter. I feel like this is not just a call for a few, but this is a call for all of us. 
We are called to be children of the living God, children of the Spirit, that we would walk in His power, in His might, in His love, in every aspect of Him, that we would know His voice. I want to open up the altar today. I want to invite you to come forward. If you don't know Jesus, that's the first step. You encounter and you invite the Holy Spirit in when you invite Jesus into your world. You know, Jesus died on the cross for us so that we could be in relationship with God. And this all happens through the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, I want to invite you forward. Come and encounter Him today. I want to invite you, if you've never been baptised by the Holy Spirit, Can I invite you to come forward? It is just encountering the person of God. I want to read you a quote that speaks about spirit baptism. And it says, Spirit baptism depicts vividly the idea of being enveloped in the reality of the Holy Spirit. Since to be baptised in water means literally to be immersed in, plunged under and even drenched and soaked in truth then to be baptised in the Holy Spirit can mean no less than that. In immersion, not any part of the body is left untouched. Everything goes under. So with spirit baptism, the whole of the person, body, soul and spirit is imbued with the Spirit of God. Likewise, the community of those who are so baptised is profoundly affected in its total life. Both individual and community are touched in every area by the presence and power of the living God. Church, that is our testimony. That is who we are. We are people who are so drenched with the Spirit of the living God that this entire community looks different from any other community on the face of the earth. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.